Welcome to this week's episode of Insects for Dummies. Today we have a special episode in honor of the holiday season. We're giving Antarctica some love for once by showcasing the one insect that can actually live there. Alright, for a long time now, I've referenced Antarctica as being an absolute wasteland with nothing. But there is in fact one insect native to Antarctica, and it just so happens to also be Antarctica's largest land animal. Yes, there are penguins and sea lions, but those are marine-based and rely on the ocean to survive, which makes the wingless midge Antarctica's largest landlocked inhabitant, coming in at a whopping max length of 6 millimeters. Yep, you heard that right. This little dude is the largest land animal followed by mites and springtails. This midge belongs to the family Chironomidae, and its scientific name is Belgica antarctica. There is one other flightless midge in this genus, and it lives on the Crozet Islands, which are just above Antarctica in the Indian Ocean. If you don't know what a midge is, it's a tiny two-winged fly that for the most part resembles a mosquito. They are also referred to as noceums because of how small they are. The Antarctic wingless midge is all black and for the most part does not look like a fly at all, but rather a small shrimp with six legs. They don't bite and they don't actually feed on anything as an adult, which is a shared trait among the biteless midges in the family Chironomidae. What I didn't realize before researching this episode was that Antarctica truly is a barren wasteland. There are no indigenous peoples and no one lives there year round either. In fact, this continent wasn't even discovered until 1820, and the only human inhabitants now are there doing research at specific research stations. So how does a small wingless fly manage to survive here year after year anyway? It comes down to its unique ability to both be freeze resistant and freeze tolerant. The difference between tolerance and resistance is similar to rain gear being water resistant versus waterproof. The resistant jacket offers more time before getting thoroughly soaked versus a waterproof jacket which actually repels the water at a surface level. Similarly, these insects can slow down the buildup of ice in the body, and when ice does form, it actually does so in the insect's blood as opposed to its cells, which prevents cell explosion. When water freezes, it actually expands, which is where the problem lies. But this insect also has an incredible ability to dehydrate its tissues, making it even less likely to suffer damage. Apparently, a dehydrated midge larvae resembles a raisin, and if you take one and drop it in some fresh water, you'll see it plump up and wriggle away. This is coming from researchers that work closely with them. I've never seen one in person, and I probably never will. But you know what? I'm okay with that. These midges are also found on various islands around Antarctica, with each island offering different environments. The midges on a drier island will use the dehydration method, but midges that live on an island filled with wet mosses will rely more on the antifreeze compounds. It's super fascinating the way these insects cope with the same problem, but in different ways, especially how they even manage to spread out when the adults have no wings and live above the surface for such a short period of time. You see, the majority of an Antarctic midge's life is spent as a tiny black larvae buried around one centimeters underground beneath lichen and moss. 
the insect spends up to two years living semi-protected this way. A similar situation happens with the Arctic woolly bears, which I talked about in the Fuzzy Wuzzy Was a Caterpillar episode of this podcast. Anyway, the larvae of the midge spend most of the year frozen in ice, which is why it takes them two whole years to reach adulthood. And the adult fly only lives for 10 to 14 days, which is why their dispersal method is something scientists are very interested in. So far, it's been determined that they don't float or rely on aerial transportation. I personally wonder if they're hitchhiking off of seabirds or something else, but we'll probably have to wait a little while more before we get any answers. What we do know is that these midges often live near the coasts, where there are penguins and seabirds. I guess the waste produced by these animals make for good fertilizer, which in turn makes good food for midge larvae. A good rule of thumb with the researchers in Antarctica is if there's penguin poo, then there are midges too. And finding them isn't at all that difficult. The larvae feed on lichen, moss, and nitrogenous waste produced by the surrounding wildlife. It seems that everything native to Antarctica is found around the coasts. And to date, there are no native organisms that come from the South Pole which happens to be the center of this frozen continent. The South Pole is at a higher elevation than the coastal regions, and this makes the climate way too windy, frozen, and barren for even the most resilient of animals. Today was a little bit of a shorter episode, but there's really not a whole lot of information out there for these super tiny insects, because again, there's barely anyone on Antarctica. Next week, We'll be covering something much more famous, and we have a lot more to talk about. In the meantime, enjoy the holidays, and you'll hear me again next week.